Hi, thank you for listening to our Session Zero recording. We're just going to talk about a couple of things here, get to know the players and a little bit about the characters. Uh, we got some clips. And what we're trying to do here with the Four Glory podcast is uh, we're going to make hour-long episodes of character-driven, story-focused, actual play of the Abomination Vault's Adventure Path from Paizo uh, using Pathfinder 2nd Edition rules. The stuff that we use when we're recording here, where the the way that we play the game, everybody is playing from their home. Unfortunately, uh, it's not really convenient to get everybody together in person, but uh, we're using Roll20.net for our virtual tabletop. We've got sound effects and background music. Greg is running that kind of stuff, and he's using Sirenscape for that. We've got the Pathfinder 2nd Edition role-playing game published by Paizo. They make all of the rules for the game that we're playing. And the uh, Abomination Vault's Adventure Path we're running was written by Vanessa Hoskins, James Jacobs, and Stephen Radley McFarlane. So those are the people that wrote the fantastic adventure we're going to be playing through. So to kick it off, we're going to go through, we're going to do a a little icebreaker here. The thing that I want to ask everybody is, who is your favorite fantasy protagonist? It could be from uh, books, uh, comics, movies. TV shows, uh, whatever you've got. Uh, who is it? What are they from? And why do you like them? I've never really thought about that. Why are you uh-huh. know, I gotta ask me a favorite. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna pick out one of you guys to put on the spot right away. So let's uh, let's jump in with uh, John. John, who is your favorite fantasy protagonist? So, man, like everyone else said, that is just a very tough call. Um, Something, I think, though, that really calls out to me when you ask that question right away, uh, gut feeling would have been um, uh, from the Redwall books. Um, It was uh, the Martin Martin, Martin of Redwall, uh, specifically. Um, It's just the the books themselves by Brian Jakes are... um, they delve so far into just normal life. And I think that's really one of the things that brings me as a reader into your world that you're presenting to me. Um, How do people just get on with normal everyday life? I mean, you can't adventure a hundred percent of the time. I mean, there's, there, there's other things in there. There's other characters in there and um, really getting to see and hear food and where people live and how they go about their everyday lives and even though it wasn't actually people it's it's, um the redwall series goes through uh the adventures um of i I guess anthropomorphized almost animals um they are still animals they aren't um aren't you know people with rabbit heads or they are um you know rats weasels badgers what have you they are also wielding swords you know Shooting with bows and arrows, there there are epic clashes in there, and just epic clashes of, of right and wrong. Um, so very accessible, really, to everyone, even uh, those of younger ages, and um, really, really brought me into just, you know, exciting adventure fantasy books. Cool. Who's next? Hi, I'm Dio. Um, well, my favorite fantasy character has always been um, Edward Elric from Fullmetal Alchemist. Uh, it's. I'm sure you've never heard of him, Adam, uh, since you've never seen anime before. But <laughs> I just, uh, just not into it. But go on. But um, um, I've always liked it because 
it, it showed uh, a character who was always very uh, nihilistic, but also very hopeful at the same time. Uh, just kind of given a lot of his history and, and not to get into spoilers, but like the him and his younger brother go through some really tragic shit. But uh, I've always enjoyed the full story of of Full Metal because it, it really just I, I think, as John was saying, really just goes into uh, the everyday of, of people as well, while also dealing with other humans having the ability to manipulate like the alchemical structure of things there's this superpower that people have and they're not dealing uh with the state it gets into politics it gets into uh everyday people it gets into some really dark topics while also hitting a, a lot of crazy notes about like you know god and what consequences uh, can come up from the actions that you take and just what coming together as as people can do to to really just move everything forward and then also the aftermath of the crazy events that had happened i don't want to ramble on for too much but <laughs> i also don't want to spoil anything sorry <laughs> but but it's just a, a story about two boys who learn about life the consequences of trying to play with life and the relationships and how it affects those that they love around them cool uh who's next what do we got uh how about uh how about greg who's your favorite Ugh, I, <laughs> you know, the, the terrible thing is, like, I don't really specifically have a favorite, but if you were to, like, twist my arm. Oh, I'm twisting. Uh, oh, oh, thanks. Well, I guess I would probably have to say uh, my favorite probably would be uh, uh, Gandalf, mainly because I just love how much of a troll he can be to uh, his companions. But I also Who's love this guy? He... What's he from? Oh, never heard uh, of this from... guy. Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know, the wizard who uh, <clears throat> is never late or early. He always arrives precisely when he means to. Yeah, no, I just love how much of a troll he is, but he's also like this immensely powerful figure that he could destroy you if he wants, but he won't. All right, cool. Uh, CJ, what do, you, uh, what do you think? Who's your favorite fantasy protagonist? I would have to say the gut feeling first name that came up for my favorite fantasy character would be Link from the Legend of Zelda series. That uh, that video game series has just been one that's like been with me since I was like a little kid. And Ocarina of Time was the, the first game in the series that I played. Like I've grown up with it and like always playing the new games with my dad. And I liked the world. I liked the lore. It was one of the first like epic fantasy kind of settings of like go on a big quest and yeah i would just play in the, that world like just a little kid just run around have fun with it i gotta tell you you just made me feel really really old <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm so glad i didn't say legend of zelda though that was my runner-up that was also gonna be my other one but... <laughs> Adventure. That's like I know you though, CJ. So thank you. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick one, uh, I would probably say I'm Adam. Hello, by the way, I'm the guy that's running the running the show. Your game master. I would have to say my favorite fantasy protagonist would be Fafford from Fafford and the Gray Mouser series of books by Fritz Leiber. He's a really interesting character. You know, normally when you have you know a dynamic 
between two characters where one of them's a little guy, one of them's a big guy. You expect the big guy to go like, oh, I'm going to hit it with my big sword. Oh, me dumb. You know, but uh, he's soft-spoken poet. And he's got a big sword and all, but, you know, he's still, he's nimble, clever. And uh, he's a real interesting character. He's got a lot of depth to him. He's not all one note like you would expect. And he's way less of a creep than the Grey Mouser is. So uh, I really enjoyed him and those books. Let's introduce each person, uh, have everybody go through and tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your character. Uh, we'll start with Dio. Oh, hi, uh, I'm Dio. Uh, not to be confused for Ronnie James or uh, the JoJo character. I am essentially an artist uh, who has uh, not that, uh, well, I wouldn't say it, it has been a crazy long history with RPGs, but uh, I don't know, 10 years is pretty long, actually. Uh, I started out in college um, watching other people play, uh, and then one of my buddies was just like, hey, come and join us, and ended up strong arming me into, oddly enough, a Full Metal Alchemist homebrew. It was weird, but it was fun. <laughs> and um, then afterwards, I met Adam, and I was his f- fifth player for a campaign he was running. Since then, uh, I, I've been I've played a ton of different games from Shadowrun, Traveler, where you die in character creation, to <laughs> to third and fifth edition of D and D. Really, just a, a bunch of other stuff. That, whatever Adam has thrown at us, but yeah, that's been my history with RPGs. Okay, so well, you've been playing Pathfinder Second Edition for a little while now. Uh, is there anything specific about that system that you like? Honestly, uh, just the character creation for the most part. Uh, I, I'm, I, and I'm sure you know this. I, I suck at making characters. I've always had so much <laughs> trouble really like going like through first edition. I had so much trouble really going through the book. So with second edition, the thing I liked the most was how streamlined they made it. So I was able to just jump in, uh, especially with the feats and such, because with level progression, that was really the thing that really just kind of hunkered me down. And just uh, so being able to pick my feats out and seeing just a clear cut progression path uh made me be able to create a character with no problems and just jump in and have fun cool um so uh tell us a little bit about your character you're gonna be playing for the abomination vaults so borwin is a he's a lumberjack so he he definitely has that big burly rugged exterior but um usually with interacting with him you could easily get to see that he is a very timid and uh you know kind soul who really doesn't like to be very imposing and just due to recent events uh, has started to be surrounded by a lot of mystery and uh, his adventure is now trying to find answers to those mysteries then we've got that clip that we're going to play and that picks up from what you were talking about there greetings i don't think i've met you before my name's rin I'd like to welcome you to my shop. I've got all sorts of odds and ends, but I feel like maybe you're here for something other than trinkets. She stops and gives you kind of an inquisitive look. I... I, I do have a few questions. Um, I've been told that you have knowledge of the supernatural, and I, uh, I had a few questions. Sure, I'd be happy to answer them. Um... How would you know if you have uh, a ghost in your home? Oh, that's that's, uh, not the kind of questions I get asked too often, but uh, I have been blessed or cursed, depending on 
how you look at it, with the ability to uh, more or less see spiritual energies. We'll say that. Do you believe that you're haunted, or...? I... I don't know. But I've seen things move. Things that were supposed to be in one place and ended up in another. I could feel something touching me during the night. I don't understand why. She's visibly concerned. She asks, what's your name? My name is, my name is Borg. Okay, so let's go to CJ. Go ahead and uh, tell us about yourself, CJ. I'm CJ. I've been playing tabletops for about five to seven years. I don't know exactly. I started out in college. Well, I've been interested in it for a little bit. But then the college had a mini anime convention and there was this whole room just like dedicated to people having little sessions. And so I was like, hey, can I get in on them? They're like, sure. And I got a pre-made sheet for Dungeons Dragons 5e and I've been playing since. That's a nice way to get into it. You get to kind of drop right in. So you've also been playing Pathfinder with me for a little while here. What do you like about second edition Pathfinder? Uh, I kind of also kind of have to go off of what Dio said with character creation, but I more so like how customizable it is. Like how my character is a poppet, but like you can do completely different things than what my poppet is with just that same class with the different ancestry feats. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could have two human fighters and they'd be completely unalike. Oh yeah. Tell us about your character. Yeah, so like I said, uh, V is. A little poppet. She's uh, from her accent. She's Galton, which is the Pathfinder version of France. So she's a long way from where she started out. She's a little spunky little thing. She's uh, she's got a lot to figure out and a lot to prove. Okay, so not everybody's gonna know what a poppet is off the top of the. Uh, yeah. What uh, what is that? A poppet is a magical infused toy. That has come to life through some means. All right, sounds creepy. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. So we've got a clip from that that we can play. You reach a cemetery, the first signs of civilization since the attack. You manage to slip inside of the rusted gates just as the rain begins to fall. A peal of thunder sends shivers down your aching body. As the deluge of rain begins, you manage to find shelter in a weathered mausoleum. Lightning strikes somewhere nearby, and in the flashes of light, you can see the form of a child bearing a sword and a torch moving towards you. A voice rises over the din of the rainfall. Show yourself. Be you abomination or grave robber. No, no! I just wanted to rest out of the lane. Pardon, I did not know if it was not allowed. I did not mean any harm. She pushes the door open enough for her to stand in the entryway as instructed, revealing a poppet with a cracked beast face, wearing what was once a fancy but is now torn and stained red dress. How did you come to be in the cemetery? I was lost in those woods for a couple of days. This is the first place I found that wasn't full of dirt and sticks, and then it started raining. She cautiously lifts the torch closer to the door to get a better look at you. She seems to relax her grip on the scimitar a bit, and then she says, how is it that a doll can speak? I... I don't know. She looks down, holding the front of her skirts. It was dark. 
I heard a voice tell me to be strong, and then I was me? There was a dim figure, they fixed my face, but they left. I don't know. She's shaking her head. By the healing flame, you've been blessed by Serenry, my child. That is who I saw. Do you have a name? Uh, v. My name is V. Next up, we're going to go to John. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, my name's John. I will be playing Gwillem during the adventure through the Abomination Vaults. Um, I, I, I myself, uh, I didn't even touch or get into any kind of RPGs until even after college, until I was uh, a full working adult. So I fully envy anybody who was able to get together before they were adults to, to play <laughs> regularly. Um, you know, after I, I started getting into RPGs, I dove right in. You know, I, I fell really hard into it with just create a dozen characters a day when I was at work, um, <laughs> sitting in my office chair, you know, printing off character sheets. Really, the the literal worlds were open to me, and I just fell right into it. I guess even before RPGs and, of course, afterwards, uh, I've been into everything from sports to arts. Um, I've done both soccer and ballet in college. I'm a little bit jack-of-all-trades. I, I like a little bit too many things, don't have enough time for it all. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, really what's stood out to me uh, about Pathfinder itself, one of the biggest differences is that the criticals do work so much differently in Pathfinder. You know, if you have hit a 10 or more on an AC, that's going to be a critical. It doesn't have to be a 20 on the die. And I feel that that makes so much more sense with flavor, and it also keeps things a lot more interesting and strategic. It really, really is uh, a big part of what Pathfinder is to me. And everybody can have hundreds of different abilities and, and um, unique things that they can do to interact, not only on the battlefield, but also outside of combat and just playing around just so much that each different character can do to interact with these worlds. Cool. Tell us a little bit about your character you're going to be playing. So, Gwillem is a very curious elf. Um, he has found a new home in Otari, the, the city we'll pick up in, and although he is a wizard and does pursue magic, he doesn't use that for um, his main vocation. His main vocation is a surgeon. He uses a very practical means of healing. And I mentioned, you know, he's found a new home in Otari. The clip we will hear uh, is about Gwillem uh, and a bit of his past maybe catching up to him. Oh, so we'll play that clip here. You return to your home for the evening, and as you enter, you're surprised to hear the voice of a man from inside. Dr. Gwilliam Mavig, isn't it? Gwilliam utters, Gola, and the crystal within his staff begins to glow, illuminating his one-room bungalow and the intruder within. He's leaning back in your favorite chair. He's got his boots on your coffee table. Well, you certainly seem comfortable enough. My patients usually aren't. You can smell the words escaping through his rotten teeth. You've got an appointment tonight. He smiles and he takes a sip from your favorite mug. What are you doing? Oh, what's the matter, Mavic? You don't like uninvited guests in your home? In that case, it'd be a shame if the one who wrote this letter were to show up here, eh? He reveals a letter from his pocket. Seems someone's trying to find you, Doc. Who is it from? Who are you? Me? 
I'm the man sent to inform you of your appointment with Yinis Mira. And this letter's from a fella named None of My. None of My Business. He rises to his feet. We'd best be on our way now. You know it's rude to be late to your appointments, Doctor. I'm sure I've forgotten more than you'll ever know, so I'll keep my own counsel on etiquette. Thank you. Someone seems to have put themselves through quite some trouble to find me, so I think I will come. Gwillem reaches out for his mug. The man takes one more swig. Then, he places the mug directly onto your coffee table. He gestures towards the door. Come on now, there's plenty to drink at the nook. On your horse now, doctor. Nay. A wry smile creeps onto his face. A walk will suit me better. Well, come on then. Out, you rapscallion. Lead on. Next up, we got Greg. Greg, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, my name is Greg, and I have been playing tabletop RPGs since senior high school, on and off. Uh, I started with uh, D&D 3.0, so even before 3.5, which eventually now became uh, Pathfinder 1st Edition. I've also uh, dabbled in like other tabletop RPGs, such as uh, Shadowrun, Vampire the Masquerade, as well as um, uh, Werewolf at one point. That's real interesting that you say that, because there's rumors that you are actually, in real life, a werewolf. That's what people keep on telling me. I don't, I don't see it, though. Well, that's because you're blacked out and you're a werewolf at the time. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Like My uh, friends at the time didn't really explore tabletop RPGs that much, so I just kind of just went along with them. Greg, what do you like about Pathfinder? I like how the descriptions and the rules are just agnostic enough to where you really can make your own truly unique character. For example, like the barbarian class, that's definitely one of my favorite classes, mainly because of all the different origins of where you get your rage from, but you could also flavor it as a way of like, you know, they get their rage from the power of a dragon in some way, shape or form. One person could have it be bestowed upon them by somewhere where they wanted it. And another person could, whenever they see anything draconic, they fly into a rage immediately. It really creates a lot of different um, backstory options that people can really go into it in depth and explore. But another reason why I like Pathfinder 2e so much is because of the way that the combat works. It's very mobile as compared to uh, Dungeons and Dragons, where almost everybody has an attack of opportunity of some kind. But with Pathfinder, there's a lot of emphasis on, like, you know, you need to, like, move around. You can't just be standing in one spot the whole time. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely true. Tell us a little bit about your character. Okay. I will be playing uh, Jack Thorne. He is a quiet man, pretty reserved, and he usually keeps to himself. He is a uh, human from uh, the city of Absalom who has come to Otari to essentially rebuild his life. And we've got a clip here. You're working at the Crow's Cask. This wooden door swings open and an elderly man, dressed in the distinctive green and white uniform of the town guard, enters. Your stomach drops as you recognize his face. Oh, no, I am. Evening, Maggie, he says to the Tengu woman behind the bar as he strides across the room and joins two other men at a table. The man raises his hand into the air and says, Say, let me get three of them blackberry brews. Megaloy whistles for you to deliver the drinks. Jack gathers up the drinks and delivers them, trying to avoid notice. 
Suddenly, Long Saddle grabs you by the wrist. His grip is startlingly strong for such an old man. Hey, don't I know you? I think you're mistaken, sir. Jack reflexively tries to yank his hand free. Don't f with me now, son. I never forget a face. Long Saddle maintains his grip for a moment longer, then releases you. Do you know who I am? Jack tries and fails to meet the old man's hard eyes. You're Sergeant Longsaddle. Sergeant? Fuck, I haven't been a sergeant for almost ten years. It's Captain now. His face shifts from entertained to pensive to grim. You must be from Absalom. Oh, I was. He leans in close. Fuck me, you're that thorn kid, ain't you? Jack finally works up the courage to look him in the eye. Looks like you came to the wrong fucking place. You better keep on moving now. I don't like burglars in my town. Jack's face is flushed with rage. I am not a burglar. I spent eight long years making up for that lapse in judgment. That was a one-time mistake, and I paid that debt. Hey, I'll be keeping my eye on you, Thorn. You best keep out of trouble. I'm just looking to build a new life. Uh, I'm Adam. I've been playing role-playing games since I was uh, a wee lad. First thing I ever played was second edition D&D. My older cousin came by and ran a game for me and my family and a couple of kids from the neighborhood. I think I was probably about five years old. I couldn't uh, couldn't understand the rules, but everybody helped me out through it, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, I've been playing on and off since then. Everything from multiple editions of Dungeons & Dragons to Traveler and, and Paranoia and a uh, little bit of vampire hunter, tons and tons and tons of stuff. You know, whatever whatever I could get my hands on. Other hobbies, though, uh, there's a game I really like called Gaslands. You make little modified toy cars, like Hot Wheels cars. You make into like post-apocalyptic war vehicles. I like that game. Board games, video games, whatever. And then as for Pathfinder, I really like the emphasis on strategy. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you can do. Instead of some other games where your options are basically like, am I going to attack the guy or am I going to cast a spell? Instead of that, you you know, you can like intimidate somebody or you're going to help somebody else out with an attack. You're going to try to trip someone. You know, everybody can do something all the time. So you're not kind of limited in what you can do. I think that's pretty cool. So I can't really tell you guys about my character because uh, it would take too long. I've got so many. But I can tell you a little bit about Abomination Vaults, the adventure path we're going to be going through. It's like a like a mega dungeon adventure, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on outside of the dungeon too. So uh, we're going to see dramatic things happening with the people in town. Uh, there's a lot of real interesting characters in the dungeon that you guys will meet. It's a pretty dark story. There's some pretty intense themes in there. Be ready for some body horror stuff to it. There's some themes of suicide at some points in here. A lot of a lot of sadness and loss goes into the story, but we'll try not to get everything to be too heavy. Uh, there's going to be a lot of levity, I hope. Uh, it's a pretty exciting adventure. I can't wait to play it with you guys. I just want to go over a couple of things that we do a little bit differently from the rule books, little house rules. Uh, I don't like to mess with the system too much, but the only thing that I really change when I'm running Pathfinder is the way that the recall knowledge works. Normally, when you roll that, the Game Master will give you something that's uh, like the most well-known thing about a creature, but I like to give you guys an option. When you roll for Recall Knowledge on a success, you can choose if you want to find out something about the defenses of a creature 
or its attacks or weaknesses, resistances, senses, or anything like that. If you want to know, does this thing see in the dark? You can possibly find that out. The other things that we're doing a little bit differently, from the Game Master's Guide, there's the option to have a free archetype. So starting at second level, everybody's going to get, basically, it's kind of like multi-classing, but for free. Uh, it doesn't really change the power level too much. It just kind of gives you more options, gives you the ability to really customize your character even more than you already can. We're using the hero point deck from Paizo. So instead of having the regular hero points where you get to reroll a die, kind of like, um, what's it What's it called in 5th edition D&D? Yeah, advantage advantage. advantage. Okay. Okay, yeah. So instead of having that, you have hero points. But here... Uh, there's a deck of cards, and they'll have a special thing written on them, so you can either do that, or you can turn the card in to use it like a regular hero point. And man, if it's anything like first edition, I still remember somebody just getting their arm lopped off, and it's like, oh, what do we do? Oh, you're talking about, okay, so um, we're also using the critical hit decks and fumble deck. So that will change it up. Instead of just doing double damage, some real wild stuff can happen, like cutting off somebody's arm. So everybody is going to be using the fumble deck. So if one of the players rolls a natural one or fails to meet a challenge rating by 10 or more, you'll draw a fumble card and see what happens there. That'll happen for everybody. Player characters, NPCs, uh, little lowly monsters, boss monsters, everything. As for the critical hit deck, because the critical hits, like Dio had just mentioned, you could end up losing an arm. The only people that are going to be using the critical hit deck is going to be the players and any kind of named enemies. So anybody that's named in the book will possibly be pulling those critical hit cards. The only other house rule that I use is in a situation where a creature is as likely to attack two different characters, it's going to go after somebody with a lower charisma score just to kind of represent you having less... um, less of a presence and seeming less intimidating so the thing will go after you. Otherwise, we use the rules from the book. Try to stay as close as possible to them. So if you ever catch anything wrong, shoot us an email at fourglorypod at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R glorypod at gmail.com. Also, if you have any kind of feedback, you can send us that there as well. You know, We're going to read all these emails, so anything that you think could be done better or anything that you like, send it. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you, and we look forward to playing this together and hope you guys enjoy it.